This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Blue Wire. All right, Dolphins, welcome to another episode of Fin It to Win It. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, and I'm back. Back in the pilot's chair, the captain's seat. I'm home from my honeymoon, which I was on last week, which is why we were late in the week with the podcast, uh, getting this out to you guys an extra day earlier, middle of the week, helping you through hump day. Listen, we had day one of mandatory minicamp yesterday, and some pretty interesting storylines that are coming out. So to this week's episode is kind of just going to recap a lot of the, the prominent, fascinating storylines that we have right now with the Miami Dolphins uh, and how they're going to progress from here as a football team. They've got some uh, decisions to make. Rashad Jones, we're going to keep him. We're going to trade him. What could we get for him? And that's exactly where I want to start. I want to start right there because Rashad Jones, prior to yesterday, had not participated in any of the workout programs, all voluntary, that the Dolphins have had set up. And Rashad, yesterday, when he came uh, to the Dolphins facility and, and participated in the minicamp, said that the, the catalyst for that decision was not any malcontent that he had with the Miami Dolphins organization or any issues that he had with the, the long-term prospects of this football team. He said it was strictly because of the shoulder. He had shoulder surgery in February, and he wanted to take as much time as possible to, take, uh, to make sure that his body was healed properly and, and will allow him to play 16 games. That's his objective this year, and and the direct quote from Rashad talking about the rumors was that uh, I've seen them and I, I've heard it, but I can I can only control what I can control. I'm in great shape. I'm still one of the best safeties in this league, and whatever happens, happens. I'm here. I love this city. I love the fans. I'd love to be a part of the Dolphins organization. Good for Rashad. Also good for the Miami Dolphins because – while Rashad has now made it known that his intentions aren't necessarily to strong-arm his way out of South Florida, the Dolphins may still want to move on. And if they do, Rashad just did them a huge solid that he didn't even really have to do. If Rashad wanted out, Rashad could have not shown up from mandatory workouts. Rashad could have taken the time with the media to talk about how he's not happy with the way the last few years of his, his time here in Miami have gone and how he wants something new. He didn't. He played nice. Just like Brian Flores played nice uh, in the buildup 
when Rashad was away from the team, Brian said, you know, I've had conversations with Rashad. I understand where he's at, and I'm going to keep those conversations personal. That's not for you guys to know. So both, both sides are playing nice, which is promising. But if the Dolphins still want to get rid of Rashad Jones, if they still want to trade him, this is the best-case scenario. Because now there's no clear urgency to trade Rashad Jones from your football team like there would have been with a 30-, 31-year-old safety who's had two shoulder labrum issues in the last few years and uh, has a $17 million cap hit that if other teams know, yeah, he wants out of there, screw it, let's lowball Miami. Their hands are tied. They're going to have to get rid of him. We don't have this situation on our hands now, which is great news. It's a great development for the Dolphins, and it's a great development for the fans. I know I know Rashad Jones, almost a decade here in South Florida, and he's been one of those few handful of guys that has kind of transcended the mediocrity. He's been a wonderful football player for the Dolphins, made a couple of Pro Bowls, should have made at least two more. But uh, Rashad is kind of that last link to uh, the, the Cameron Wake departure. Rashad Jones, there's still a nostalgic factor with him. There's not a nostalgic factor with anybody else in this football team. And if it is, it's bad. Devontae Parker, five years of nothing. Kenyon Drake, promising but not fulfilling. How many games have you walked away from in Kenyon Drake's career where you've been satisfied with the end result? Food for thought. So this, the Dolphins fans, if they're looking for a familiar face to really love, Rashad's your last hope. And I, I do think it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. Ultimately, I do think the Dolphins will move on because I think it's best for Rashad and I think it's best for the Dolphins. And Rashad can help a team win, maybe win a Super Bowl. I'd love to see that for Rashad. But if they kept him, I wouldn't hate seeing him in Miami either. Uh, Jerome Baker, staying on the defensive side of the football, is another name that we continue to hear a ton about. Like Jerome Baker is one of those guys that, that is going to come into the season. He had a good rookie season as a third-round pick, and he is going to have a lot of hype because he had a good rookie season, but also because he's fast, he's athletic, he plays well in space, and he gets it, right? Like it being... The leadership dynamics that Brian Flores is looking for, it being uh, application on the field. He's an extremely smart football player. And what I want to do first in talking about Jerome Baker, I have a couple couple talking points with Jerome just based off of uh, the transcript of his exchange with the Dolphins media uh, after minicamp yesterday, this was really fascinating to me. Uh, Jerome said uh, what the main lesson that he learned as a rookie was, was just because you're a rookie, this is a direct quote from Jerome Baker, just because you're a rookie, that doesn't mean you don't say anything. 
last year, I would know the call. I would know something, and I just wouldn't say anything because it was an older guy. This year, just speak up what you see. If you're wrong, at least everybody is on the same accord. I kind of took that to heart. So we got a rookie linebacker from Ohio State coming in, knowing plays that the veteran guys aren't. I don't know, that, that's a huge indictment on, on some of these veteran guys that are around, right? That we don't know the calls. We don't know our responsibilities. We don't, we don't see the checks. And I, I don't blame Jerome for saying, hey, no, I need to, I need to know my place uh, in, in the dynamics of being a rookie on the team, and I need to respect uh, my elders here and, and kind of fall in line with marching orders. But that's the luxury for Jerome now of not being a rookie player anymore. And I'm excited to see that for Jerome Baker. I'm really excited to see how that materializes, what looks different for Jerome Baker, and how much better and more impactful he can be. You add on top of that the fact that Jerome's main offseason priority was getting into the weight room, and he's added some weight. He said yesterday after uh, the, the session that he weighed in at 227, Nice, dense weight. I wouldn't be worried if I'm a Dolphins fan about adding weight when he's still running around in the 220s. He's going to be plenty athletic. He's going to be plenty explosive. But I'm going to throw some cold water on the Jerome Baker embers right now because I am a little concerned with the prospect of featuring Jerome Baker as an outside linebacker in a 3-4 because I don't think that's a space in which his physical skill set really lends itself favorably. So this, to me, the more hype that this gets, the more fascinated I am because Jerome Baker at 227 pounds is not a prototypical outside rush linebacker off the edge, right? You also consider Jerome Baker... Is six foot one, 227 pounds, with 31 and a half inch arms. You think about pass rushers at the NFL level, you want guys that are 6'3, 6'4, 6'5. You want guys that are in the mid 240s at the absolute lightest. And you want guys with 33 plus inch arms. Why do those things matter? Well, from a block leveraging perspective, you're challenging offensive tackles. And one of the reasons offensive tackles are coveted and, and boxed in as offensive tackles is because of their length. Jerome's not a long dude. So you get Jerome in tight quarters. How much success is he going to have pressing and extending his hands and getting his chest clear so he can create separation against blocks and get off those blocks? How often is Jerome Baker going to have success setting first contact with his inside arm and getting an offensive tackle back on their heels at only 227 pounds to get him out of his cadence in his pass set? Those aren't things that lend very favorably to a guy who is 6'1", 227, with 31-inch arms. So you have to feel the Dolphins understand this. You have to feel the Dolphins uh, acknowledge the limitations with Jerome from 
prototypical outside linebacker build and structure versus what Jerome is. So how can they operate that and, and account for that? And I think this is where my optimism comes back for Jerome and the versatility that he does have. So if you think about him as more of a, I don't want to say blitz player, but he's a player who's going to be schemed because Dolphins do not have outside pass rush this year. They have none. It's called space bait. Unless J. Ron Elliott steps up or Charles Harris steps up or Nate Orchard suddenly finds pass rush and isn't just a run defender, uh, this team is going to have no pressure coming from the outside. It's going to be a problem. But what that will do is it will force the Dolphins to get some exotic bliss looks to generate pressure. And if you've got Jerome Baker as a potential twist player where he's looping back inside, overload player where maybe you get him a free run off the edge, that's where Jerome Baker can be successful as a presser player off the edge. So as long as the Dolphins play him to that strength, which I expect that they would, but you never want to assume, right? Don't give a guy too much credit until you've seen what his track record looks like. And uh, Brian Flores here in Miami is still very, very fresh. But if that's the kind of outside linebacker pass rush usage we're talking about for Jerome Baker, I'm right back in. And I'm really excited because I think in space, I think in an off-ball situation, I want him as the weak side inside linebacker in, in base 3-4 looks. Now, I'd love to see some 3-3 stack as nickel looks. Get him an outside, let him play hook curl, get some depth. Some exciting things you can do defensively with Jerome Baker. And if he takes the step forward that people are anticipating that he's going to, the Dolphins are going to have another cornerstone player on their defense to go along with. We're hoping Christian Wilkins. We're hoping Raquan McMillan, Mika Fitzpatrick, Xavier Howard. Let's get an outside pass rusher, and the foundation of this defense is set. Before we go any further, I'm going to talk to you guys about a couple sponsors on today's show. First sponsor is ShipStation. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. No matter where you're selling, whether it's Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And right now, Fin It to Win It listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use the promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card information. ShipStation works with all major carriers, including the U.S. Postal Service, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice for online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best available rates. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, then enter promo code BLUE. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. Our other sponsor today, a little bit of an announcement. The Blue Wire family is teaming up with Harry's to make sure our listeners are shaving comfortably. If you don't follow me on Twitter, I'm at grinding the tape. And I dropped a huge bombshell yesterday. Shaved my head. It's summertime. It's hat season. 
Got to get that thing cleared out. Got to get the reset for the fall. Best way to do that, shave your head. I used Harry's. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire and save $10 on a valued trial set, which includes a five-blade razor with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, and a travel blade cover. You can get all that for just $3 shipped right to your door. Enough with cheap razors. Harry's has fixed shaving by combining a simple, clean design with quality and durable blades at a fair price. Harry's founders were tired of paying for razors that were overpriced and overdesigned. Harry's bought a world-class blade factory in Germany that's been making quality blades for over 95 years. Join the 10 million who have tried Harry's. Claim your free trial offer by going to harrys.com slash bluewire. All of Harry's blades come with a 100% quality guarantee. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Again, make sure you go to harrys.com slash bluewire to redeem your razor for $3. The latest development here. Dolphins minicamp. Is the more and more I get to know Brian Flores. Not like hear his backstory. Not hear him give cliche responses to what he's looking for in quarterbacks because Dolphins media continues to ask him, and he's given him the same exact answer, I think, four straight weeks now. But the more I really get to see like the peaks of who Brian Flores is individually, the more excited I am. What do I mean by this? When the Dolphins hired Flores, the easy and lazy assumption to make was that the Dolphins were looking to replicate New England. We were going to be the Patriots South. You know, they just, just Xerox, just copy and paste that template for success and try and replicate it down here in Miami. But I don't think that's really the approach. I think there's going to be some indoctrination of core philosophies and values, hoarding of draft picks. Kind of business-like decision with, with, with player assets. Um, Flores has played things close to the vest with injuries already. He said, when's the first uh, injury report come out? That's when you'll find out updates. Uh, but it's the way that he does it that has me excited. Because you think about being in the Patriots organization for so long. Flores is it's, would be very forgivable for him to be indoctrinated with you know, everything's kind of no-nonsense. That's kind of the polar opposite of Brian Flores. Uh, because when he gives those comments about when's the first injury report out, he's teasing. He's, he's, he's giving guys a hard time. And I think this latest exchange that he had with someone yesterday before the start of the Dolphins mandatory minicamp uh, asking about Kenyon Drake I think really highlights the personality that Brian Flores has and how he's not just a copy of New England's guys he is his own man the comment was something along the lines of coach can you give us the book on Kenyon Drake and what defending him last year was like for you and uh, how you're what what you're able to ascertain about at Drake now that you have him in the building here in Miami. 
and he tried not to laugh essentially the entire time. He's like grinning and laughing the entire time. He says, I'm not going to give you the keys to defending him. I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to hear that from me. You want me to just hand it over? And the room is laughing, openly laughing. Like everybody's having a good time. Flores is trying not to burst out into laughter. He says, I'm not going to give you that. And then he kind of tries to compose himself a little bit. And he starts to give him a little bit of an answer to give him an honest answer. He says, well, he's athletic, he's explosive, he's trying not to laugh, he's fast, he's a good route runner, and uh, he kind of bites his lip and dials back in and nods his head, and he says, he does a lot of good things. How do you defend him? We'll let the opponent figure that one out. But in exchange like that, you think about the way Bill Belichick would have handled that kind of question. What's the scouting report on a player that you had last year? That's now on your team. Tell us how to defend him. You think about how Bill Belichick handled uh, the question on if the quarterback position was going to be evaluated this week. Rolled his eyes. A little bit of a laugh. Just kind of shakes his head. You think about how Bill Belichick uh, handled being asked if he would be opposed to having a bell cow back, and his quit back was kind of like how Corey Dillon rushed for 1,600 yards. Yeah, that sounds like something I'd really be averse to. You think about how Bill Belichick handled uh, the, the question about President Trump and, and the dynamics of, of politics, and Belichick just sits there and says, Seattle. Seattle. Guys continue and ask the question. Seattle. 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 You think about that kind of off-putting deflection versus Brian Flores and what he's able to do. And you have to be encouraged because he's not trying to be Bill Belichick. He's got the core values of of what he wants in football players, many of which mirror those of Bill Belichick. But uh, he's his own man. And he's really comfortable in his own skin already. And, And he's having fun and he's staying loose and I don't think that should be overlooked because it would be really easy to kind of stay within the boundaries of what you've known and what you've been shown and what works. And Flores is putting himself out there and he's doing a lot of work with the community. And and that's part of the reason why I feel like they're such a good fit from a, an individual level because the Dolphins have been phenomenal with contributing to the South Florida community and donating pads for, for high school football teams and the scholarships that they've helped to grant and the, the Dolphins Cancer Challenge. And the this past weekend, they had Finns Weekend this past weekend, and they, they did golf and fishing. And somebody asked Brian Flores, uh, how he enjoyed fishing, and he said, listen, I'm not a golfer and I'm not a fisherman, but uh, it was fun, and, and he talked about how much he enjoyed being out there uh, to, to help contribute and, and work for a good cause, and then somebody asked him shortly afterwards, uh, will you fish again? And he said, will I fish again? Quite honestly, it's not a no, but it's a no. Um, so I love that Brian Flores is marching to the beat of his own drum. I don't think that's something that we should overlook as fans of this football team when when he was brought in 
the assumption was, all right, it's Patriots South. Let's go. You've got Detroit. That's Patriots West. you got New England, and now you got Miami as the, the Patriots' disciples. And uh, Obviously, the, the success was not there with, with Matt Patricia in Detroit, but Matt Patricia is also notoriously late for his own meetings. Miami Dolphins has guys like Omar Kelly sitting in the media room 25, 30 minutes before a scheduled start of a press conference because they think Flores might be there that early. Early's on time. On time is late. Core values married with the comfort that Flores has and how he's willing to do things his way and stay true to himself, I think, is a huge promising omen for the Dolphins as you look forward and you try and figure out, is this going to work? One parting thought. We had talked about Leonte Carew, unfortunately. Uh, the former Dolphins third-round pick, who the team parted with back in March, uh, has been suspended the first four games of 2019 uh, for a substance abuse violation. And uh, this ain't great for Leonte. Let's be honest here. This guy was the 86th pick. The Dolphins traded three draft picks to go up and get Carew in 2016. And in the three years he was in Miami, he logged 12 catches for 192 yards and two touchdowns. One of those catches... 74 of those yards and one of those two touchdowns came on one BS fluke touchdown by Ryan Tannehill throwing up a prayer that Carew's defender just so happened to misplay in the year. Like five games away from the end of 2016 or 2018. Big time bust. Uh, and as a draft guy, you know, I do a lot of draft assessments every year, do about 300 of them for the draft network. Uh, I was not a fan of Carew. I was really frustrated that they kept that draft capital that they ended up trading to go up and get Carew. They ended up landing Xavier Howard in the second round. They traded up to get Xavier Howard. You have to applaud that. They drafted Laramie Tunsil in the first round of that draft. You have to applaud that. The Carew pick is such an ugly pick when you consider everything else that was out there. And you consider that this team uh, was really interested in Miles Jack, too. And I would have loved for to have found a way for Miami to give up the future draft capital. They gave up a future pick in addition to the draft pick that they had to go up and get Carew. Um, would have loved for them to found the may oh, found the way to have their cake and eat it too, and instead of trading up for Leonte Carew, make sure your trade ups are for guys like Miles Jack and Xavier uh, Howard. Now they they landed Howard. At the end of the day, they got two star players. Their two cornerstone players came out of the same draft class. The Carew pick behind it still stinks, and Carew for that kind of production at that draft slot. This many years in, now being a free agent in June, you didn't have interest when everybody's got 90 guys on the roster, and now you're suspended for the first four games. Good luck, dude. That's curtains. The odds are that is curtains for Leonte Carew. That's not to say we might not see him get a shot with some injuries. But I think that says everything you need to know about Leonte Carew and his future prospects with the Miami Dolphins. 
hope you guys enjoyed this week's show. This was fun. This is, you know, it's it's we're at the beginning of June, but we still have so much that we can talk about, which is terrific. I love the fact that we can really uh, dig in to so many storylines from the Miami Dolphins at this point in the year. It's only going to pick up from here. Really encourage you guys to hit subscribe on the podcast and, and listen along. We're having a great time. And uh, I'm going to keep bringing one of these to you every single week. We get into the season, who knows? Might get two a week. Might get a game day episode. Prep you guys for the game ahead. Uh, make sure you check out everything else that Blue Wire has. Blue Wire is a really great podcast family. They're growing at a pretty exciting rate. They got a lot of really talented guys, guys that I respect that are doing work. So check them out. Hit subscribe on Finit to win it. If you're interested in offensive line play, the NFL draft, uh, defensive back and wide receiver play, they got a little something for everybody. So check it out. Come back. I'll see you guys again next week. Thanks for listening to Finit to Win. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.